your relationships in your house are the most important things in your entire life. There's only one thing more important, and that is your relationship with God himself. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Welcome home, champions. Whether you're here for the first time or have been with us for a while, get ready for a life-giving message from our pastor, Stephen Bloomfield. We're on week three of our Family 30 series, and today's message is titled, Blended, Mended, and Extended. So we're talking about making your family great in 30 days. It, you know, we believe in miracles. We just said a miracle is going to happen. So your family's going to be perfect in 30 days. Isn't that awesome? Aren't you glad you came to the right place? And uh, so um, we're in week three of a series right now. And uh, we're just going to open in prayer. And then uh, don't forget, you've got, you should have the notes uh, for the message on here. And I'll ask our guys to bring the lighting up, if you would, in the house. We're a little bit dark in here. And uh, just bring the lighting up, please, somebody. And then you can see the notes. There you go. can see you. There you are. And also, you can go on our church app, and the notes are there as well on any platform. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name this morning, and we just pray that your living word would wash over us, that would change us, transform us. We will leave today changed and better than we came in, because your word always brings life. We receive it now. We clear the deck, and we allow you to speak to our spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can you say amen, folks? Amen means, yeah, let's do it. All right, then let's do it. So um, in the first couple of weeks of our, of our series, Your Best Family in 30 Days, we, we started out just by saying simply in week one that habits in our families change slowly. Because, you know, reality is it's going to take a lot longer than 30 days to turn this ship around. But your attitude and the atmosphere of your family can change immediately. When you change the atmosphere, you take a new spirit home, you take a new attitude home, you start loving the people around you, you start being the person that initiates forgiveness, you're the person that, that gives grace, um, and, and you begin to lay down some new tracks in your family, then you're going to begin to see other people responding immediately. You can change the atmosphere immediately, and then your family will begin to see great changes. Amen? And then in, in week two, we talked about there are some things that we need to remove um, from, our, from our relationships in our homes. And uh, uh, we talked about selfishness. We talked about uh, the kind of language we use towards one another. And, and, uh, and you know, we, 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 were, we were all uh, at that stage in life where, where our language was pretty colorful at a certain point. How many people remember that you couldn't? you know, even get through an entire sentence without having to put in, uh, you know, certain words all along the way, right? But the thing is that as we, as we mature, we learn that the English language is bigger than, than four-letter words, right? And we want to be really careful that, that if we want to have a home that's God-honoring, if we want to have Jesus in our home and we want to have him um, helping us in our relationships and our marriages, uh, it's really important that we don't throw stuff around like that towards each other uh, just to emphasize anger or to make your point or uh, to, to throw a wound. We want to really be mindful of the fact those things uh, can leave scars. And, uh, and it's just a good opportunity for us in church to say, you know, as for me and my house, 
We're going to serve the Lord. That's what the Bible says, right? As for me and my house. Well, here's the thing. Your relationships in your house are the most important things in your entire life. There's only one thing more important, and that is your relationship with God himself. Your relationship with Jesus Christ is more than just Jesus saves you from going to hell. It's more than that. It's more even than you become a family member uh, of, of the family of heaven. That's wonderful, but it's more than that. Your relationship with Jesus is a lot about your commitment. It's a lot about commitment. And, and, and so when we marry, we give each other rings. Here's my ring. And we put these rings on, and these rings are assigned to ourselves and to everybody else. Back off. Get your own wife. Right? And they are a reminder of our commitment. And your life will be defined by what you are committed to. The success of your life, the strength of your life, is defined by what you are committed to. The wealth of your life is defined by what you are committed to. And if you have a committed relationship to Jesus Christ, then that commitment to him is going to filter into your family and you're going to have a committed uh, husband, wife, environment, marriage. You're going to have a family that's committed to raising kids uh, in God's house and raising a strong and great champion family. You're going you're gonna to have those kinds of commitments. So I want you to really be thinking about the fact that my relationships are the most important thing in my life, far more important than your career, far more important than what house you live in or what city you live in or, or what's working for you or what isn't. The most important thing at the end of the day is going to be the people that you live with and the people that you love. And so we're going to work today on, on, on allowing ourselves to get stronger in those areas. Today we're going to really be focusing um, on, on blended families blended families, mended families, and extended families. Today, the family model isn't quite what it, what it, you know, what it used to look like in the old sitcoms, you know? Um, and, and, and we've evolved from, from a, a mom and a dad and, to, and a couple of kids to a couple of dads, a couple of moms, a bunch of kids. And then you got the grand, you know, extra grandparents and the extra uncles and aunts and cousins. And by the time you try to have a reunion with all these families, I mean, it's like 150 people. Because, you know, sometimes marriages fail, they don't work out, kids are involved. Other times, maybe there's a death and, 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 and there's a remarriage that happens after that. Most of us know the statistics tell us that 50% of marriages um, will not make it at least in our, in our country, as far as our culture is concerned, half the marriages don't make it. Well, what happens to all those people whose marriages don't work? Well, I'll tell you, they remarry somebody else. And so now we've got people who have remarried somebody else and are trying to figure out how to do life uh, in this new scenario. And the challenge, of course, comes when we blend families which that word blend is kind of a, a cultural buzzword, but in actual, in actual fact, blending is, is, is a very difficult thing to do. It's really more about us uh, stepping back and saying, okay, let's look at the realities and let's make sure we're making the right things important as we try and bring this family together. And I will also say this to everybody in the room. Maybe you are not in a blended marriage, or maybe you are. doesn't matter either way. God loves every single person, and thank God for new beginnings. 
Thank God for new opportunities. Thank God that, 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 that God had somebody for you. And after you came through a disastrous situation and, and only you know all the details of that, thank God God had something better and greater on the other, on the other side. Praise God. And we're all for it. That's awesome. Um, but, but I want to tell you that even if you take a, a groom at 20 years old and a, and a, uh, a, a bride, uh, you know, at the same kind of age and they get married and they, they come right out of the parents' house and they, they marry and, and, and whatnot, that is still a blended family. It's one of the most important things we try and tell our young married people, especially in their premarital counseling, is we try to say to them, look, you're not just marrying that person, you're marrying their family, you're marrying their history, you're marrying how they do things, how they think, um, and, and, and all of the, the assumptions and habits of that other family. You're not just marrying the person, you're marrying who that person is and, how, and who they came from. How many married people would say Amen right? Okay. It's all right. That's great. That's marriage. But the thing that makes marriage amazing is that you can take two people from two totally different families, two totally different backgrounds, and somehow get them in a house and have them commit to live together for the rest of their lives. That is truly a miracle, right? Listen and I, we just had our 33rd anniversary a couple days ago. So we're in, we're in year 34 and some of you are way beyond that, I know. And, uh, and I tell you, it gets better and better and better and better. But I mean, talk about two people from two totally different worlds. I mean, completely different. I was living in another country. And uh, I was four years, four or so years older than Lucinda. And, uh, and so, you know, at a certain point, if we'd have dated when we were younger, it would have been illegal. <laughs> See what I'm saying? I know. Robbing the cradle and all of that. Terrible. But anyways... Um, and yet, we found that we, had, we shared something in common that um, somehow was a thread that brought us to today. And that is, first and foremost, we both absolutely, 100%, were committed to Jesus Christ, period. Were we living perfect lives? Well, she was. She had to work on me. Man, you know very well, you ain't much until she comes along and turns you into a man. That's just the way it is, right? Lucinda turned me into a man. I was just a boy looking for trouble. And uh, next thing you know, I found her, and, and her and the Holy Spirit were able to sort me out pretty easily. And, uh, but here's the thing, you know, it's amazing, isn't it, that two different families, two different people can come together, and, and that can become a marriage, and then that now becomes family. And then when you have children, those children, that the, the offspring of that family, they are the two flesh becoming one, and now that bond is, is forever and forever and forever. But then as we get beyond that and things have not gone exactly as, as planned or, or circumstances changed, and now we have blended families with blended children and blended homes and blended finances, how do we handle those things? And what does the Bible have to say? really about living life well. This is never going to be a message about, about your living or your family situation is wrong. This is always going to be a message about let's do life the best that we can and keep our eyes focused on the right priorities and let's keep uh, the grace of God always first and foremost as we work through some of these things. So, um, well, first of all, we, we, you know, culture today, uh, we like to use the word blender. And uh, you, private, uh, previously, we would call somebody a stepmom, a stepbrother, a stepdad, or a stepfamily. 
but lately culture has wanted to call it a blended family. But here's what happens to blender families. Um, everyone gets whipped into a smoothie. And here's, here's the point of this mindset. We don't really have to want to have to work on the issues. We just want to put everybody in the mixer, push go, and say it's okay. Not deal with the heart issues, not deal with the kid, uh, uh, kids' emotions, not even deal with our baggage in our past. We just want to get it all together and hit go and hope it comes out pink and tasty, right? Like a nice smoothie. Or then the next kind of family is the food processor family. And this doesn't have the, the luxury of the liquid, and it just has, it's just dry. And, and, and really what can happen is two people come together and get married, but there's no emotional deposit into the kids and into the home setting. And one spouse is, is unkind to the other spouse's children, and there can be a lack of love in the home. And where the two uh, spouses love each other, there can be a significant lack of love happening with the children, and there's so many reasons why. But those are some of the things that, that we're hoping that we're going to address today, how to really overcome some of that. The third kind of family is the microwave family. This is where we just put you in the oven, and you're ready in five minutes. Oh, yes. The microwave family is perfect at all times. Whenever you see them, they're perfect. You see them online, they're perfect. You see them, you know, uh, in person, they're perfect. But actually, we all know there is nobody perfect. If you're perfect, you need to leave the church right now. Because then you'd be ruining the fact that there are no perfect people in church. The truth of the matter is we're all kind of messed up, aren't we? I mean, how many people have a crazy family, right? How many people have crazy family? I got a crazy family. Uh, I'm the only sane one in the whole bunch. And I'm talking about my kids, you know. And, uh, and so we want to be careful that we don't just try and get this freeze-dried family, just take it out, put it in, and we're good. Nothing's ever been dealt with, but we're good. But the thing is, a decade or so later, stuff starts to show up. And if we can deal with some things now and talk about some things now, it's going to help you in the long term get stronger in those areas. Uh, the last kind of family we'll talk about is the tossed salad family. The tossed salad family. And this is where kids get tossed around and displaced and they lose their personal space, their family position, and the respect for their possessions. And, and, and this is a challenge in many of our blended families. We have kids living in one house and then living in another house. And, and that's okay. I mean, if that's the arrangements that have been worked out, um, it, it's okay. But at the end of the day, we need to really be making sure that our kids uh, have a sense of belonging. They have a sense of personal space. They have a sense um, that, that, that they are re, their things are respected and so on. These are all the different ways and means that the world tends to want to blend families. I'm going to give you six steps today that I hope will really help you um, strengthen any family unit that you have. This will apply to all of us because we all have families. And, uh, and if, we, if we don't have a blended family, I guarantee you, you know somebody or there's somebody in your family that's currently living in a blended family situation or has been living in a blended family situation. So, um, Step number one in your notes, step down your expectations. This is a big one. People come into a new marriage with some expectations, and they expect life is going to be this way and that way, and, and then you get married. You've been married for, for, for 12 months, and suddenly you're disappointed because your expect, the things you assumed, the things you expected aren't necessarily happening. So, so our job is to help you have some realistic expectations. The same thing occurs in every uh, type and branch of our families. 
Sometimes we come into a blended family circumstance and the blended family itself has been an attempt to fix problems. So I had a bad marriage here, I had a bad marriage here. So two people coming out of a bad circumstance are gonna come together and it's gonna be better suddenly. But in actual fact, that's not always the case. So we need to just slow down. It doesn't mean that we, that we don't build uh, uh, something new and something fresh. It just means we slow down. If you're new into this, just take your time. Don't let big expectations uh, ruin what God is wanting to build in your life and build in your family over time. The biggest thing you'll find in family, the most important thing is the element of time. Trust is built over time. Jesus said that they will know you by your fruit. And it takes time for fruit to show up on the tree. So let's not be in a hurry and be in a rush. Let's just go slow. Let's, let's just do it daily and, and do and live life as unto the Lord the best that we can. And God is going to help you grow some great new fruit. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, there's a time for everything and a season for everything. A time to be born and to die, to plant and uproot, a time to kill, a time to be healed, a, a, a time to tear down and a time to build. There are times when we're in toxic relationships and they just can't go on. And then there are other times when it's time to rebuild a new relationship and build a new family. And I believe that God loves blended families. By the way, did you know that we are all adopted into the family of God? We are all adoptees. Talk about a blended family, the church of Jesus Christ, right? Number two, we have to learn to do the two-step. And the two-step means that you are in step with your spouse. Your marriage has to be the healthy, has to be healthy before your family can be. You have to work together and be on the same team. The Bible says, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. The point of this is simply as the parents. It's vitally important that you don't let the kids play you. Now, it seems that children are born with an inborn ability to manipulate one parent against the other. Have you noticed that? You know, mom said I could do this. Dad said I could do this. Mom said I could do this. Dad said I could do this. And then parents get smart, and you know what we do? Go ask your mother. Go ask your father right? And, 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 and so we're all just playing this game, but what, what helps this, and I believe this will really help all of our families, is let's make sure mom and dad have had a discussion about something prior to, uh, you know, giving that information to the kids. You as, as husband and wife will keep peace in your home, keep love in your home, if you're in agreement as husband and wife before it ever gets out anywhere else. And if kids or anyone else bring things to you that you don't have an answer for, your answer is, we'll get back to you on that. And then you have a discussion and make sure the two of you are in sync at all times. Very, very important uh, step. And uh, two can defend themselves. A three-folded cord is not easily broken. That's when the two of you are submitted truthfully in your heart to follow Jesus. I am a Christian first. Then I am a husband. Then I am a wife. And my commitment to Christ makes my commitment to you unbreakable. Amen? Do you hear what I'm saying? And so the two of you can walk in step because of your faith in Jesus. Number four, number three, step in line as a parental team. And this is talking about when there are more than just two parents. And that happens a lot. 
All parents, including ex-spouses, must communicate and come into an agreement on general rules, discipline, and structure. Everyone has to be willing because here's something very important for you to think about. Every child needs to love both of their natural parents. They need to love them. It's an inbuilt thing. And so sometimes that other parent hasn't been all that good of a player. And the temptation is there to criticize, to position your children against the other spouse. You know, these are natural things. And I'm not trying to throw rocks at anybody. I'm just trying to say to you, let's talk about what's reality in our lives. And it's so important for you to be careful never to throw the other spouse under the bus. Remember, that, that's that child's mom, that child's dad. They have an inbred need to love them. And they need to see you on that team as well. You guys handling this okay? Yes. Very important that we, that we talk about it. The other thing that, that, that uh, has come up in, in, uh, as, as people have learned to live in blended families Usually, now if you're in a blended family, this is and how you do it, that's great. But usually, the natural parent should be the one to be doing the discipline. Usually, that doesn't mean you're not in agreement, that doesn't mean the two of you haven't already agreed how things should go. But unless the children are very young, when you came into the picture or the other spouse came into the picture, typically trust hasn't been built enough for you to be really effective in the area of discipline. And that can cause a lot of challenges and a lot of um, resentment in the home. And all we're trying to do today is say, how can we take those things down? How can we build up an attitude and a spirit of trust and a spirit of love? And so typically people, Christian psychologists are saying, it seems to work easier when the natural parent is the one that is doing the disciplining. Um, Number four, sidestep common pitfalls. Some of the pitfalls are not recognizing that when a new family is joined, there is a mourning and a loss of the previous circumstances, even if they were toxic and terrible. The kids mourn what was once their parental home. Even you in in a blended family, you love the fact you're in a new day, doing a new thing, you're happy, you're through the issues and problems, and yet there is still kind of the death of a dream that you're dealing with in your heart. So it's okay to deal with that. And the other thing is one of the common pitfalls is, is not being realistic about finances. We've had people come and see us sometimes uh, about their marriages and somebody might say, well, you know, I'm done. I'm just walking. That's it. I'm finished. Uh, not putting up with it anymore. And sometimes we'll have to, you know, say things like, well, how's that actually going to look? I mean, who's going to pay for the two mortgages and the two car payments and the two APS bills and Because when the reality of finances start kicking in to what it means to be a blended family or to to be walking out of a marriage, it's very important that we be realistic about it. And if we're not realistic about it, then we're going to walk into some real problems. I'm, I'm trying to set everybody up. And of course, everybody's at a different place. Everybody has something else going on in your life and your family. But I'm just saying it's really important, even in a nuclear family where you've got just an organic mom and and dad, uh, and it's not even a blended family situation, there has to be some realistic financial uh, discussions about how family is going to survive and do good. Um, And one last thing we'll say on number four is if you do have a blended family, and especially if you're new into it, let's make sure that you don't throw away the traditions of the family you're coming into. Just continue to do some things that it, that, that's been done year after year, and then add new traditions to the new, new, to the new shape of the new family. 
I, walked, I bumped into somebody the other day, and they were a waiter, and they said, oh, you're the pastor of Champion Church because I see your face on the billboard. I said, yes, I'm the greenish-yellow pastor. <laughs> I don't know if, if it was Photoshop or fading. I don't know, but it looks terrible. We've got to fix it. But anyways, they said, you know, I just want you to know our family has traditionally come to the pumpkin patch every year for 10 years. And... and um, and he said, it's just been a blessing to us, and we're so grateful that you do this in the community, and, and it, you know, it's helped our family, and blah, blah, blah. And he, he just talked all about it. And, 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 then, and then if there were to be a change in that family structure, and somebody said, well, I don't care if you've done that every year. We're not doing that anymore. This is a new family. That actually is damaging. And it's better to just continue with some, with some traditional good things that aren't, aren't causing issues. Uh, and then, it's, then the opportunity is there to build some new things. So um, the Bible says in Luke uh, 14, 28, Jesus actually says this, for which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it. So the idea is, let's just be open-eyed about what we're doing. Number five, Step through the wilderness. There's going to be a season where you do not know if this family's going to make it. That's when your trust in God matters so much. In Isaiah, the Bible promises when you walk through the water, I will be with you. When you and through the river, they will not overflow you. And walk through the fire, you won't be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. And the Bible is just promising. God is saying, when you go through the valley... When you go through the wilderness, when you don't know if you're going to make it another day, that's when you learn to trust Jesus. You put your trust in him every single day, and somehow you get through it. Somehow you make it. Somehow his grace is sufficient to get through that circumstance. And as long as you keep pressing through with perseverance, putting your trust in God, doing all you can to keep a right and good spirit in the family environment, whether it's a blended family or not, I just want to tell you, you'll be setting yourself up for great success. It matters what happens in your family. It matters that your family is strong. It matters that you lay down a good foundation for the kids that are coming up under you and around you. It matters so much. And God wants you to be so happy and so blessed. And number six, and the final one, is step up your faith. This is so important. You've got to build our relationship and our total dependence on Jesus Christ. And the other thing that we have to do is we have to build connections with other believers who will pray with us and stand with us and help us as we go through things. You know, there's a really important reason that we do connect groups here in Champion Church and, and, and not just leave our entire Christian experience to an hour on a Sunday morning. The reason we do it is because when it comes down to doing life and handling challenges and needing prayer or just needing support, um, there's a group of people around you. They're not perfect. They don't have all the answers, but at least there's someone who can drive a meal over to you or there's someone who can take your kid to, to you know, their soccer practice or there's someone who can come and pray for you in the hospital or whatever the case may be. It's so important that you get surrounded by Christian friends. That's not something that you can take out of the equation. That's required for your Christian growth, required for God to be able to love you and, and support you and cause you to grow in all the ways he wants you to be, all the things that he knows you need. He's provided for you, but you have to be the one to sit up to the table. 
So I'm just challenging you, encouraging you. If you're a young couple or if you're a blended family or, or whoever you are, make sure that you are surrounding yourself at least on a weekly basis with some other Christians. And I don't care what you talk about. Talk about the weather. Talk about the football game. It, what matters is you're with good people that are going in the same direction you are. Can you say amen? Now, on top of that, I hope you talk about the Lord. I hope you talk about some relevant things about doing life really well and being champions. Amen? Um, the Bible says those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. We got to wait on God, folks. And they will mount up with wings like eagles and they will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. We got to put our hope and our trust in Jesus for our families. At the end of the day, Jesus died so that God could have a family. God is a family man. God is, God is, your God is not at church. God is in your family. He isn't here in this building. He's in your family. He is the author of family. He loves your family. He loves you in your family. He's in your family all the time. Can we recognize that? He wants your family to be blessed. He wants it to succeed. And even though we make mistakes and challenges and issues, here we are today. Let, let all bygones be bygones. But what are we going to do from this day forward? We're going to say thank you, God, for being in our lives, for being in our families, being in our hearts, drawing us closer together. Hey, thanks again for listening to another life-giving message from our pastor, Stephen Bloomfield. For more information on how to get involved or get connected here at Champion, go to our website at championchurch.com.